thinking about uh, what to talk about and um, thought came up that uh, tomorrow is going to be a special day. Uh, Upasaka Dan will be taking his uh, Anagarika precepts, uh, starting life in uh, more of a renunciate form, renunciate form. And appreciating um, that fact that uh, people are still in the world who uh, looking at how they want to live um, and uh, making a step uh, in the direction of uh, simplicity, renunciation, uh, letting go, giving up uh, some of the more traditional ways of being in the world uh, in search of something a little more um, fulfilling in the long term. Being a, becoming an Anagarika here at Abhayagiri is one way of doing that. There are other ways, but it's a particularly wonderful way, uh, at least in our minds. Because when you, when you think about it, uh, life in this world, this society, is so much oriented towards uh, acquisition, uh, gaining, getting, becoming. And all the uh, good things that can come from uh, material world, uh, if used properly, um, those, that's there, but there's so much um, pain and dukkha uh, that inevitably uh, comes into our lives if we make acquisition uh, the center of our life in whatever form it comes. So moving against that uh, mode uh, of operating in the world around us uh, uh, is, a, is a step towards uh, something that's a little bit more peaceful, sublime. There's so many, you know, ways that we get involved with that acquiring things. That's a, you know, this is a consumer society, it's a consumer economy. All the signals are pointing us in that direction of, you know, material acquisition, uh, many different kinds of acquisition, material being the most blatant form of acquisition of uh, things. You know, all the messages pointing us in that direction, pushing us in that direction. Um, you know, buy now, pay later, get two for one, get one now, get one free. Um, just uh, that kind of relentless temptation to acquire more, and get more. Ajahn Amaro used to be fond of, of quoting a, a billboard he had seen once advertising a credit card, and the slogan was, um, uh, I'm blanking, um, uh, oh yeah, the, the credit card, uh, the advertisement was, takes the weight out of wanting. Uh, the real clear message there 
not only you need it, but you need it now, um, adding that sense of urgency to the whole uh, realm of craving and wanting. So we, we internalize these kinds of messages um, and uh, apply them in, in many different ways of our lives. Uh, we, you know, that movement towards acquisition, towards gaining, not just in the material world, uh, but in so many other aspects of our lives, uh, like the emotional realm, um, looking for that kind of emotional gratification um, and getting more of it uh, through you know, attachment and wanting praise, uh, people telling us uh, how good we are, how wonderful we are, uh, we do this so well, or, or recognition, you know, being known for something special, a certain achievement or status in society, uh, in the world around us, uh, success, being a successful uh, person in some role or another, uh, and the more the better. Uh, it gives us a charge, it gives us a, a feeling of uh, well-being, uh, albeit temporary. So that acquiring uh, notoriety or acquiring uh, uh, praise. Becoming somebody all the psychological benefits of uh, being a perfect person, too. You know, all the messages that are out there of, uh, you know, becoming the most psychologically well-balanced human being possible. You know, being able to do anything. Uh, and, uh, you know, the perfection of the human being. Uh, All-encompassing, uh, sparkling personality, uh, and all the... Uh, exhibiting all the positive qualities that one can imagine, the perfect personality, the amount of stress that people put themselves under trying to, to realize that perfection. So we, we start to realize the, the painfulness of trying to uh, cling to that and trying to, to fulfill those kinds of expectations. The more the better. Perfection is, is the best. Happens even in, in the realm of, of Dhamma practice. You know, we like to think that we're turning away from uh, those kinds of values, but it's hard, the, 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 it's, it's pretty hardwired into us, uh, those kinds of momentum, that kind of momentum um, towards acquiring. And it's easy to bring that into Dhamma practice as well. Um, so that we might look for, um, say, the perfect teacher, the perfect community, uh, and uh, kind of get lost in that, that search for perfection. Um, it's a good thing to check out different communities, different teachers, uh, different traditions, so that we know where a good fit for us might be. But that continual search with a critical eye uh, can be, can be um, 
devastating, really, in terms of uh, never being able to find that perfect situation. Ajahn Chah would uh, often tell stories of people looking for uh, perfection in him as a, as a teacher, uh, having gone through many different kinds of uh, experiences at different training places, different teachers, always finding fault uh, with one in some way, moving on to the next, looking for that perfect teacher. And uh, Ajahn Chah would describe that uh, as uh, looking for that kind of peace in, in, a, in an external situation is like looking for a turtle with a mustache. It just doesn't exist. So, you know, and also referring that, it, or, or saying that if we're looking for um, that kind of perfection in anything outside of our own mind, if we're looking for that kind of uh, perfect situation that uh, if we're looking for the Buddha in anywhere outside of our own mind, then we're not going to find it. We have to continually look inwards for that. And even in our own personal practice, um, you know, the standards that uh, we hold uh, and the goals that we think we need to attain, looking for um, samadhi, get, gotta get me some of that samadhi, or I need more insight, or I need to get the jhanas, and holding it as a commodity, um, you know, it's kind of the bringing that kind of uh, acquisition, acquisitiveness attitude into our into our own personal practice. I remember having a conversation with another monk uh, some some years ago, and I think he kind of tended to maybe go towards overestimation, but uh, he was talking about how. Easily, he uh, was able to now, kind of, after just you know a couple of years of practice, uh, zoom through uh, first, second, third, fourth jhana, and doesn't even really, you know, put much attention onto that now because it's so automatic. And then working, he's uh, you know he had attained uh, the uh, uh, infinitude perception of the in infinitude of space, and was now working on the infinitude of consciousness. Uh, soon to uh, move his way through the, all of the formless, uh, formless attainments, um, and you know, drop into arahantship, kind of at the end of the of the end of the sequence, and, and just the way it was being recounted just sounded like you know, ticking off little uh, boxes uh, on, a, on a scorecard. So we can easily get fooled into that uh, sense of, of attainment uh, through uh, acquisition of certain uh, states of mind. And even if it's not that blatant, um, 
we might experience certain levels of, of, of peace of mind uh, or insight. Um, and then uh, as they uh, fade, because they're conditioned, uh, conditioned occurrences uh, through causes and conditions, they arise. And as the causes and conditions cease and they fade away, we feel bereft and we feel like we've lost something and that we have to get it again. Uh, and how to grab hold of that and maintain that and um, not uh, be separated from that. It's so important to, to realize that that's a, a course leading to suffering, that we need to just create the causes and conditions uh, through relinquishment, through renunciation, through letting go. And feel the, the peace that nat naturally arises from that. It's not something we have to produce or get. And it's hard too because, you know, the whole realm of popular Dhamma uh, is oriented towards that in some ways, even like with the commodification of, of mindfulness, the you know, marketing of mindfulness in, in so many ways as a, as a uh, an app that you can buy to get uh, mindfulness or um, meditation apps, um, uh, different teachings that can be useful in, you know, in long, along the lines of the self-help model, um, but are then commercialized uh, and uh, advertised. You know, more peace. Just buy this and you'll get more peace. So the messages are so strong, and we, we just tap into that kind of energy uh, in so many ways, uh, both more coarse and, and then on the very subtle levels. So the task is to turn that around, to reverse that, uh, and realize that uh, real peace of mind uh, doesn't come through accretion of anything. Uh, it doesn't come through um, making something happen uh, that we can then experience uh, um, as a commodity, as something that we get. We have to reverse that into, into realizing that uh, less is more, in a sense. Uh, having less, wanting less, acquiring less, giving, giving up. Uh, giving over uh, is our way to to a real peacefulness. So it's a, it's, it's establishing the attitude of uh, what can I give or what can I give up? Uh, what can I give rather than what can I get? Even, I think, um, you know, people who are practicing in community, and I think of you know, uh, monks who, who travel around um, to different places, uh, even after, after ordination, we're all encouraged to go and check out uh, different uh, monasteries and teachers in our tradition. Uh, we all need that kind of variety and stimulation if we're getting stuck, especially. Um, but if we make that our lifestyle over many, many years and never 
kind of uh, settle into a, a place where there's a good enough kind of a practice, uh, then we just kind of find ourselves bouncing from one place to another, always in search of that, that perfect situation. And the people that I've seen that are, are the happiest, the monks that I've seen in my uh, experience that are the happiest, are the ones who find a place, uh, find a practice that uh, nourishes them, steadies them, and then they turn their lives over to, to giving, um, to uh, helping uh, uh, a life of, of serving. Um, rather than trying to get the perfect situation for themselves. And that becomes uh, the flow of the mind is more towards that kind of relinquishment, renunciation, uh, even of things that one wants for one's own benefit in terms of spiritual practice, turning, turning it over to uh, generosity towards, towards giving um, as a way of, of letting go. So how can, I, how can I give over, how can I give up, rather than what can I get? And the, the, the freedom that comes from that, um, the more you give up, the less you have to uh, worry about. Just, it comes with the attitude of simplicity. kind of dovetails into a discussion we were having at uh, tea time a while back of uh, the whole uh, teaching and concept of emptiness in, you know, in some, particularly in some later traditions, there can sometimes be a inclination to see it as a kind of um, reification or concretization of a, of a certain state of being a certain state of mind, the emptiness attainment, in a sense. Um, but the way the Buddha describes it, at least in the, in the Pali scriptures, is it's a progressive um, simplification, letting go of, of coarser perceptions into finer perceptions. So, and he, often, he, he describes it in one of the teachings as, uh, say, you're um, living in a, a village or a town, or in our case, like a city or a town, uh, and you come to the monastery, uh, and it's out in the forest, and uh, the buildings are fewer, the people are fewer, fewer, the pace is slower. And it's essentially, it's void, or it's empty, of all of the uh, perceptions that come along with living in the city. So that is the uh, looking at it in that way, and realizing and experiencing the emptiness um, of all of those perceptions of the city once you're in the forest at the monastery, uh, that's, that's an entry uh, into uh, a form of emptiness. So you're looking at what's not there, you're experiencing what's not there rather than what is there uh, with that reflection. And then you go through a progression of, of moving from uh, that perception of forest uh, into just a, a simpler perception of, of um, uh, earth, the earth element. Uh, 
the structures are still there, but the perception is, is a simplified one. And the voidness or the emptiness is the fact that that perception of, of uh, monastery or forest is no longer there. And then he proceeds through uh, perceptions of space uh, and all the way up through uh, uh, meditative attainments. Uh, and, and then uh, the ending of the asavas, the outflows, uh, as those are uh, settling and relinquished uh, and the perception of anything related to an attainment, even a subtle meditative attainment, is gone. The, the um, qualities of the complication of those uh, perceptions, uh, one is empty of those. The ultimate form of emptiness, uh, emptiness of all of the outflows, all of the asavas, uh, uh, particularly the, the perception of self. This is the ultimate form of, of uh, emptiness, the emptiness that comes with the realization of, of total freedom. So you can see the progression of that is always moving from a place of coarseness to, to a perception of simplicity, to release, renunciation, giving up, moving away from rather than towards acquiring anything. So we're not trying to get peace, we're just setting up the certain causes and conditions where peace will come to us. So anytime the mind moves towards a notion of I'm not getting enough or this isn't working because I haven't attained or because I haven't achieved or because I haven't acquired or I had something but I lost it, I want to get it again. Anytime the mind moves in that way, uh, let it be a red flag that says, hold on a second, am I moving into that? wish to acquire, a wish to get something, uh, rather than what, did it, what is it that I'm holding on to? What is it that I can give up? How can I make my life more simple? How can I make my practice more simple? How can I let go of that? That craving, that wanting, whatever it is, how, no matter how subtle it is, because that's the, that's, as we know, that's the second noble truth, the truth of the cause of suffering. It's that craving, that wanting, that movement towards acquisition. Acquisition is, is uh, sometimes one of the translations of the word um, Upadi, uh, constituents of existence or acquisitions. And Nibbana, one of the descriptions of Nibbana is uh, the relinquishment of all uh, acquisitions. And that specifically refers to the 
identification of, of self in relation to the khandhas, the acquisition of the khandhas as me or mine or I. But I think it's a, it's a good way to reflect, to think of it in terms of all acquisitions. Anything that is we're, that we're moving to try and hold on, hold on to. Um, and then again, the most uh, sublime relinquishment being the acquisitions of uh, the sense of self in relation to any of the ways we do it. So relinquishment of all acquisitions. And this leads to non-complication, simplicity uh, in how we live our lives. Uh, the Buddha talks about one of the marks of a, of a, of a great being as being one who delights in non-complication, non-proliferation, nipa pancha. Just the untangling, the allowing of the untangling of all of our world, uh, both materially and um, perceptually, uh, and all the motivations that we respond to that pull us into acquiring, clinging, holding on to, just relinquishing all of those, uh, and letting life flow uh, in a much more natural, simple way towards freedom and peace not as an acquisition, but as a result. We have to start somewhere, start where we're at, um, uh, but just to gradually inculcate this uh, approach in the mind, this attitude in the mind of not what can I get, but what can I give uh, what can I give up? What can I give over to uh, as a way of, of letting go? It always comes back to that um, establishing awareness uh, and then uh, letting go of whatever it is that we're holding on to, whatever it is that we think will make us happy. We let it go with clarity and awareness. And then the results will come to us. We don't have to go and try and seek them, pin them down, and acquire them. They're naturally uh, in, our, in our hearts. We just have to find them. So tomorrow we'll have a, a celebration. Uh, uh, of someone who's taking uh, an initial step uh, along this path uh, in terms of lifestyle um, and kind of rejoice in that, hopefully. And also um, let that reaffirm our own approach in our own lives, uh, whether it's monastic or lay, of um, moving in that direction of relinquishment, letting go, uh, simplification, uh, and the joy, uh, the happiness that comes from renunciation. So I'll leave that for this evening's reflection.